Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of The Rodcast. I'm sitting here with Pastor Rod and we are talking about how to implement the big three in our churches. So, Pastor Rod, could you just give us a quick overview of what the big three are? Uh, Big three are three values that we love. They're easy, they're uh, multipliable, any church can do it, any individual can do it. It is just the simplest way to discipleship. So the big three are journaling, simple prayer, clean heart. Let me just quickly, one, 10 seconds on each. Journaling is just saying to people, read the next scripture in your Bible uh, for five minutes and ask God, what would you say to me today? Take a note. That's journaling. Number two, simple prayer. Wake up. The Lord's Prayer, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name, praying through the Lord's Prayer and then maybe praying out of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but praying all day, praying all day, just bits and pieces all day at the workplace, in the train, whatever. Clean heart is forgiveness or releasing people and events every night before you go to sleep. So the big three is a, a integrated daily life. It's not legalistic. If you miss out, so what? Um, but if you miss out, we say, come on, it's good. Why wouldn't you want to hear from the God of the universe? So the, the ask is, this is good for you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you in your marriage, your life, your job, your potential, uh, promotion. This is going to help all of life. And it's very, very easy. So we start talking about words like it's, it's reproducible. It's scalable. It's easy. It's simple. It's, um, if you miss out, it's okay. So it's not legalistic. So the big three is a way of looking at people's growth. And it's just amazing because I believe that lifestyle, um, you would agree if there's going to be some Bible reading with thought, there's going to be some prayer and there's going to be some forgiveness, there will be growth. There'll be personal growth. There'll be healing. People will grow. That's the big three. And where did that come out of? Because there's a lot of wonderful like scriptural principles that we could kind of you know, talk about in church life, where did those three come out of? And is there any story behind that or well, there, how long you've been a, doing yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot of stories. It started with me as a young Christian at nine, <clears throat> pardon me, at 19. Um, I, I was a non-Christian far away from God. In fact, into the occult as I was coming to ask questions about God. And as I came, someone gave me a Bible. Not, I wasn't a Christian. I, I had a Bible. I was starting to read about Jesus I was starting to ask questions about Jesus and I was starting to even pray to Jesus in some ways, like, God, could you help me? God, could you heal me? Those sort of, uh, you know, searching prayers, um, forgiveness was not part of it at that time. But as I became a believer, I, I received Jesus uh, one night in 1979. Um, I'd already been doing that. And it was just so natural for me now to read as a Christian, as a son of God, and some, you know, for the girls here, daughters of God, we just read the scripture, we simply pray, and and now I'm adding forgiveness to that because I realize that that's a huge part of what Jesus talked about. And so that it is a part of my life. And also because I come from a non-Christian background, I didn't have any Christian things. I didn't have any Christian ways. Um, I had actually been exposed to it as a young boy in both, um, you know, traditional church and whatever. I rejected it. I didn't like it. So when I came to Jesus, I wasn't adding back stuff. I was now saying, this is my relationship. And I grew really, really fast 
I grew as a, I was a fireman. Um, I grew really, really fast um, in my faith. Love reading the Bible. Um, there's a lot of stories there how I was, I was actually hit in the head for my faith after three days. And I journaled and God spoke. And so it became part of my life. So then as a leader of a connect group, uh, we used to call them home fellowships back then, um, whatever you call it. Um, I was part of a great, first of all, part of a great connect group, then leading a great connect group um, that I saw these values. I saw these same values. I saw people growing. I saw people from all different walks of life growing and all different backgrounds in terms of their personal pain, but they were growing and getting healed. I saw it. I saw what I could now call micro miracles. From week to week, I could see people growing. And although it seemed really simple, all of a sudden I could see someone growing fast. I could see me growing fast. So I think even although I didn't call it the big three back then, I was doing the big three. And I'm now I'm now a Christian for 43 years, and I'm still doing those three things, not legalistically. If I ever missed out, it was I had to learn it was okay. And um, but I saw growth personally. I saw growth as an observer in a connect group, and then as a leading a connect group, and then being a pastor. And then we went to Thailand, and I saw people who were far away from God, like I was when I was searching, and they were into spiritual things that were not great. And there was demonic presence with some of the people in Thailand. And I saw people get free. I saw people get saved. And I thought, wow, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to teach this. Um, and then, then we, we actually planted a number of churches there. And back in Australia, our church was full of people growing. We didn't call it the big three, but we were doing those values. So when we came to, to Japan 20 years ago, exactly, we had our own little small group of Australians for a year. So we did that. We did still didn't call it the big three. But then we started to get our Japanese friends in and they were starting to get saved and baptized. And then after a year or something, we became leaders, um, which that became a quicker time frame as we did these three things, journaling, simple prayer, clean heart. And so we started to call it the big three then in Japan. So it's it's habits that we were doing was fruitful, was mm. was fun, was good, and then we just formalized it. But the last thing we did in Japan, which I'd no, never done before, is we actually built tools, which we can talk a bit later, the tools of how I could train you and other people how to use these tools for yourself, and then you can multiply that, which we've done in into the thousands now, really teaching people how to read the Bible, <laughs> pray, forgive but in a way that's um simple multipliable and i'm even teaching around the world now these basic three things and i'm just amazed at the impact it's having so it sounds like so in japan you formulated it more clearly or you communicated that more clearly to the, to the team and the church did did that have a, a bigger impact when you were more deliberate in I don't know, the, the way that you were leading that or it sounds like it was always part of your yeah. leadership. But Yeah, I de- definitely. And I, I look back and thought, you know, we have taught this. It's not that I missed this, but mm-hmm. now we have a, a reproducible model for anyone who comes into the church, whether they're a non-Christian, we take them through, or they're a, a mature Christian who's from another country coming to help us in Japan, or a young person like you. You came as a 
young disciple of Christ, we're able to, here's the tools. We want you to start doing it for yourself, and then you're able to teach it. That was new. That, that level of reproductivity was what we discovered in Japan. I did this in Thailand, but it was definitely more formulated for us in Japan. And, and so we started developing this tool called the Blue Book, simply because when, <laughs> when we had the front page, it was blue. Um, no other reason than to describe it as a blue book. So um, we we had it in paper at first, of course, 20 years ago. There wasn't much online. Digital wasn't around. It was all going to be very difficult online at first. Um, now it is all digital and we don't actually even have any paper books, although I'm thinking we need some, again, for some audience. But the point being the blue book came out of my teaching over the first year in Japan and it was about basics. It was about things like um, who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, what is grace, what is the Bible, uh, how do I pray. Um, so these topics was what I preached week after week. And when we did the blue book in print and, and, and now you know online, it's simple. If people look at our blue book studies, everybody's going to say, that's simple. That's even too simple. And I'll say, well, just use it as a tool for what you want to do. So the Blue Book doesn't have a style. It doesn't have Lifehouse style. It's just basic Bible studies that any church, any individual can use around the world. And that's why we've got so many uh, tens of thousands have used it around. And now we have it in 15 languages because it's just a tool. But we do need that, that tool when we start to disciple people. Um, and I, I just think we're adding more more studies all the time now. We, we need more studies. Um, we just added some this last year and they've been very welcomed. So we started with a basic tool. Now let me say one more thing, and that is when we came to Japan, we did look for the tools in the Christian bookshop here. Now, Japan is not a, a Christian country. In fact, it's only 0.2% um, born again. Um there's only one bookshop that we know of, one bookshop in, in Tokyo. Like mm. there's, there's not Christian bookshops everywhere. Now, again, this is before online. You've got to think that before Kindle, before Amazon. It's it just you needed a book. You had to go to a Christian bookstore. There was only one. And in that Christian bookstore, there was some studies, but they were in what we call high language in Japan, like the, the way you talk to superiors at the, at the workplace. And it was really like starting at quite intense studies, like somewhere in Isaiah about, you know, some study there. Now, I love Isaiah, but to take someone as a beginning point, it, it just wasn't. People, Japanese were not interested. They were bored. So we had to develop our own simple tools. And this, so it's a mother of invention, isn't it? So I talk about the, the, the necessity for that blue book. But I've discovered all these years later, Rich, that people around the world are asking and interested in our basic blue book for the same reason. They want a basic Bible tool mm. that they can use in their way uh, and we'll teach them how if they want to use our way. So with with the blue book, uh, how, how would you use that with your leaders? You start with, with the leaders or? Um, I just start with anyone around me, um, leaders or not. So I'd like to do, a, um, would you like to do a Bible study? And they'll say, either what's that if they're not a Christian or if they're a Christian, they'll say, 
what's that? <laughs> Same question, different intent. Um, the non-Christians don't know anything, so you've got to show, let me, let me show you, and it's all about your excitement. I'm excited. I want to show you something, and we could talk about how to do that in a minute. For the more mature Christians, they're going to say, what's that? Because they might be a little bit um, suspect of whether they're interested or not. So we have to show excitement. I'm going to show you really just a, a great way of reading the Bible. You're going to love it. Would you give it, would you, would you give it a chance? which is probably your your situation, Rich. You could probably jump in here with your first experience with doing a study with the Blue Book. Yeah, I mean, I'd been in many small groups before. I grew up in, in church life and, um, yeah, I'd probably been in some good groups and some not so good, good groups and um, I was wanting a good experience uh, but also probably a bit skeptical of, the next thing so yeah i I probably treaded lightly on that and Mm -hmm. okay i'll come along and i think a large reason i went to my first connect group was just for friends sure and probably didn't expect to get much out of it and then found myself really growing um in that just simple environment of journaling and and a simple study together and yeah, so it it certainly grew on me. It didn't wow me at first. It's not. I mean, all this stuff is not that impressive, is it? It's just no. simple and works, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. So you, you know, some people come with um and, and say, I, "I I haven't read the Bible for ten years," um, and it really is a a moment for us to draw people in, not to act mm. arrogantly. It's not about being cleverer or more spiritual. It's about saying, hey, could I, sh- could I show you a new way of just looking at the Bible? Um, mm-hmm. We've got to maintain that humility, really. It's, it's a real key to say, could I just, would you give me a chance, which I guess will happen to you. Would you, give, mm-hmm. would you give us a chance, Rich? To And they did that for journaling. They said, try right. it for a month. Yeah. I thought, fair enough. Like that'll prove whether it works mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, uh, Maybe I'll just jump just just back to a, the question of journaling for a moment. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this this concept of what we talk about, just read the Bible, just five minutes, the next scripture. So in the book of Ephesians, it's like the next scripture that, that you're going to read that day. Um, and ask God, what would you speak to me about this today? That, that form of, 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 of Bible reading is actually uh, in a great book by Eugene Peterson. And I, I talk about this often. Eugene Peterson wrote the translation or the paraphrase called the Message Bible, which came out, I guess, not long after I got saved, probably early 80s. I can't remember. But it was amazing. It was an amazing uh, translation. And what Eugene Peter, he was a pastor in like Northeast United States. And he, he was realizing in his Bible studies, people were sleeping and, and people stopped coming. And so he looked into some of the original words and he, he, he wrote down a new translation of the book of Galatians. And then he taught from it and more people came and more people came and, and he would teach them how to read Galatians with this internalize it. Just say, God, what would you say to me from tonight, from this message, from this? And that's where he got the message from. Um, and in his book, there's a book called Eat This, Eat this Book. That's what it's called. Just Eat This Book by Eugene Peterson. I think it's the most wonderful book I've read as a discipler because mm. he talks about this process 
that this is not a new thing. The All through the centuries, there was a form of Bible reading called divine reading. Uh, lect, I think it's lectino divina is, is the Latin. And it was it, this is not a new thing. Other churches in, in America use the, the, the little um, term SOAP, S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer, S-O-A-P. This is not new to Lifehouse, and it's not unique to Lifehouse. Mm. I need to say that really clearly. It's not like we've where we've found something no one else has. It's just we've got the blue book to show people how to do it, and and so this form of journaling is used around the world. It's just we need to learn how to, we need to know how to teach it. And so your question of do you teach it to leaders first? My answer is no. You teach it to anyone first. Um, Anyone around you, someone like a, a Richard uh, who comes in with a lot of knowledge, great young young man, but maybe, I don't know, bored or yeah, um, yeah, cynical maybe. I yep. don't know what the right word is. Um, not bad, but just uh, uh, and, and actually, let me, let me show you how to read this scripture. Um, that's what is so exciting about this because the person who hasn't read the Bible for 10 years can actually all of a sudden come alive again in their Bible reading. I think that is amazing. Who do we teach it to? To the non-Christian, to the new Christian, to the bored Christian, to the strong on fire Christian, because all of them will receive something from the supernatural word of God. Have you found any resistance to teaching that? Yeah, I have. And it's not from bad people. Um, it's from surprised people, people, uh, cynical people but cynical doesn't mean bad it just means they've had some bad experiences maybe so what i have to do as a leader is instill interest again like say actually could i just could we just do something together could we just read something and i'm going to ask you some questions would you would you allow me to do that um and people at first say oh you know i don't know um but just just let me do it and and we always use as the first scripture um here in japan Jeremiah 29.11. Uh, we've talked about this on a previous, but let me say it again. Um, we feel this is a great scripture for Japan. Um, Jeremiah 29.11 simply says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope and not for evil. That one scripture, it just incorporates so many aspects of revelation of God. And when we read it, the, 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 the more mature Christian is going to go, yeah, and... <laughs> I've, I've heard it, I've read it. So we're just going to then start asking questions. And I've done this with many people. In fact, I did it last uh, a few weeks ago with a young leader from Finland online on Zoom. I was doing a, um, a Zoom with a bunch of leaders, great people. And this young man, very honest, he said, frankly, Pastor Rod, I'm not sure I'm getting this. I, I haven't really read the Bible for for myself for 10 years. I'm not sure it's going to work. And I said, well, let's just go to a scripture and let me ask you some script, some questions. I won't tell you his name. I re remember his name. And um, I said, this scripture. And I just started to say, is, is there a God? Yes. Does God have a plan? Yes. Is it a good plan? Yes. Is it always good? And he, is it always good for you? So what do you do with that? What would you say to God today? How would you pray? And it was really interesting seeing all of a sudden he's put himself into the scripture. God, what would you say to me today? And he basically was saying, well, there have been some plans that haven't come true. I sort of wonder about, 
I said, well, let's pray about that. Let's bring that up. Let's let's talk to God about that. And it was just, and the whole room was just electric all of a sudden. It was like um, reading the Bible for for my life today. And and then I heard from the pastor that many of those young people in that room have started using the blue book, started journaling, and he said, I'll, I'll let you know on the fruit in the future because this has just happened. Um, and, you know, I could think of many cases in Japan here. Uh, we had a man in the American embassy, uh, an American leader, a good man, a Christian. He said, I haven't read the Bible for about 20 years for myself. And uh, in a connect group, um, hearing others, other men talk about stuff, all of a sudden there was interest. He's going, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, what? And so I think there's that modeling thing, Rich. Hey, you, like, you talked about that. Like, what? You know, that's just a scripture. Like, what? Uh, but it's this, this, this revelation that God actually does want to speak and, and, he, and he is a communicating God. And that revelation of, if I just read a bit of the word, the God of the universe will speak to me about something. It could be the most mundane thing or it could be quite a revelation, but it's what I call micro miracles of God speaking to us. So what do I do? I just try and encourage people and I show them a way and it takes time. Um, I think it takes more time with people who are more analytical. Just, yeah. You know, you read it, oh, it just says that. I say, yeah. But when I ask questions, it's, it's becoming a Bible study now that actually people have to think and, and even think uncomfortable questions like, what does it mean for me? What do I do? What does Jesus mean? And all of a sudden, it becomes life right there. You, have you had any experiences like that of training people or teaching people and, and there yeah, was a definitely. spark all of a sudden? I think in connect groups, you get uh, some people might do their journaling and then they'll share it. But it's, uh, it's, it's, there's no connection with themselves. It's, it's just, here's a principle. Like I should, we should forgive, we should forgive others. And oftentimes they're using that word we versus I need to forgive someone. And I think there's a right. big difference there. We, we should all forgive versus who do I need to forgive today? Right. Um, so yeah, I think just directing it back at our, ourselves is, is a big and- help. And in that in that example, when someone starts to personalize it, was there a change? Was there what, what actually happened when it started to be? Me? Yeah, I would say in in the groups, you can tell some people are just sharing that way, and then others genuinely have not connected it with themselves at all, and they're literally like, you ask them the question, "What what about you? Is there anyone you need to forgive?" <laughs> Oh, maybe that's a bit too <laughs> full on, but a question directed right at them and they'll go, you know, they'll just kind of move their head and they have to think about it brand mm. new for the first mm. time and shows that wow. actually when they were journaling, it really was right. more like a study than it was mm. personally applied to their own life. Yeah. And they're starting to get it. And if you do that enough, people, yeah, people start to get it. And, and I don't think we ever get beyond this, what we're just talking about now. I think if, if Christians did what they read, we'd all be in revival. I really do believe that. If, if, if like people say, oh, I, I know that or I read that or I heard that or thanks for the reminder on that. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's a reminder. That's good. But what are you going to do with it? And um, 
I think we're we're helping people to re retrain the brain to think, imagine, apply, um, vision by by reading scripture or hearing scripture, and that's the spark that the Holy Spirit will use. All scripture is God breathed. We believe that, but all of a sudden we're allowing the scripture to breathe on us. <laughs> it's probably a way of looking at this reading. Lord, your your word is true. It, it did have its own context. Mm. It, it did have a context. But Lord, what would you speak to me from this scripture? Um, what what lesson? What what personal thing? What what do you want to say? And I think that is the incredible micro miracle that I think can lead to revival, and I think it would lead to um, personal growth and a church's growth as well. I think uh, also one of the reasons why I was, I guess, drawn to this over time, like the big three, not just journaling, but all of those values was that it was kind of everywhere in the church. And I mean, we didn't have it up written on the wall, but every week we were getting it in this in the message. The preacher was talking about at least one of those three every week right. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, journaling is probably talked about almost weekly, sure. um, a sentence here or there. Or, um, and so hearing, hearing that so much and then we'd also... In a, in a small group group environment, we're talking about it and things like that. It was, people were excited about it. And so that's what, I think that's what made the bored, cynical me actually open to it, um, was it was, in, there was an inspirational part of that um, mm. that sounded exciting. Like, what, really? What, what is this? Like, journaling? I don't know. Like it, it didn't, yeah. it didn't sound, the, the word itself didn't sound that exciting, but no. people were excited. Yeah, I, that's what I said before. I think some people give it different names, like uh, soap. I don't know if that's a great name either, but it, it describe in that church they talk about soap. Great church in Minnesota. Our good friend there, uh, Rob Kettling, um, he he he's sharing with his church about what God said in his soap time, soap time mm. with God. Sort of funny. So yeah, maybe journaling is not the right name for some churches or, or regions. Uh, if I had a better term, maybe I'll use it, but it's not the term, is it? It's what it does. Mm -hmm. So someone said, when I was journaling, this happened, that, and now I feel this. It's like, oh, this is experiential. This is this church is talking about experiencing God mm -hmm. and and, and yeah. how he's going to change you and empower you and help your marriage. And wow. I Yeah, and I wanted I, that. You did want that, and I wanted that. And um, I, I, you know, I go back to my when I first got saved at nineteen. I think without that, I, I would have had a very rough time. Mm. Um, I, I just loved reading God's word and believed that God the Father wanted to speak to His Son, me. Um, not because I'm special. I thought every I thought everyone did this. I thought every Christian in the whole world did this. <laughs> it wasn't about being special, but it was about being personal, and. Um, so again, in a group, it's very personal, isn't it? Like people are sharing. People don't have to share personally, but it's amazing how many people want to say something about how God changed some area of their life, and and they'll summarize it by something like, you know, I feel more of God's love, or I experience forgiveness, or I feel you know, like. But the groups just—it's it, amazing the impact because this is real life stuff. Mm. It's like a, a reality show right in front of me. It is personal. We're not going to share it outside the group, but it, it's dynamic. It's really exciting. Yeah. And I think when you're hearing it, not just from the leader, but 
the others yeah. in the group that, oh, yeah. everyone's getting this. That's really yeah. exciting too. And, and in Lifehouse, I, I actually ask all our pastors to send through to me their, their, uh, the scripture and a, and, a, and a sentence every week. And I read them and pray for those people. Um, not a lot, but I pray when I see the scripture that God has spoken to them, I say, Lord, Lord, do that. Lord, bless them. Like, and so as a leader, I'm, I'm seeing growth amongst the non-Christians, new Christians, um, growing Christians, and pastors. I'm seeing, well, I don't read everyone's journal, but I know it's happening. And um, that makes the church incredibly dynamic. In fact, these last two years during COVID, um, most of our churches have not been able to meet. Uh, We here in Tokyo have just started meeting again after almost two years. And, um, but we had online Zoom and uh, uh, with connect groups and journaling. And when we came back in person, yeah, we're smaller like everyone else, but there's passion. There's passion in the room for worship and I think if you ask people what, what's God been doing, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you. Um, there's been some hard times. There's been some good times. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. And what God did in their life. Uh, they stayed faithful in the hard time. They held on to vision in the hard time because of journaling. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And the I same for, for you in Hong Kong, right? Absolutely. And I think it, these big three values, it's kind of like a discipleship, I don't know, <laughs> engine that, that just works. And I know when I came to Hong Kong, uh, I was not, um, you know, geographically as, as close to, to you guys and our, our team there in Tokyo. And I was kind of here a little bit by myself, but those big three values, uh, journaling in particular really helped me, uh, help keep me grounded and strong, even though I was a, f- a long way away. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love it. And that's why we teach it. Um, and and I'm, at, I'm actually teaching this all around the world right now um, on Zoom, on Zoom. Pastors, pastors meetings, leadership meetings. There is a new interest in basic discipleship that's, go through the words again, achievable, simple, <laughs> um, not legalistic. It, th- all those words together, it's that. Um, so that's why I, I, I'm going to keep, keep teaching it. And, um, you know, if other churches don't, that's fine. I, we, this is not about anything, you know, like strong doctrine. This is about methodology. How do we grow? And um, if someone's got a better way, I'm listening, you know. <laughs> but this is the best way I've seen, whether it's um, in Australia, in Thailand, uh, or in Japan, this is the best way I've ever seen um, people get saved. Uh, people get baptized, people come to, to leadership, uh, marriages get better, uh, people get healed from, from uh, healing, very serious hearing, healing issues of their past and very serious doctrinal questions about the present, about life and love and all sorts of things. So th- this, is a, this is an incredible, uh, it's, the blue book is the tool, but the, 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 the beauty is that the God of the universe wants to speak to you and touch you and heal you and love you every day. Mm. Is there anything more you want to say about the, the tools side of things? or just, just if anyone's listening and they want to get the tools, you can either go to our website, which is um, for, the, for the blue book. It's called uh, mylifehouse.com slash 
blue book altogether. That will take you to um, the same page as we've got on our app. We've got an app called Lifehouse International Church. It is, um, it's a little blue wave is our logo. I don't know if we can, obviously, if you podcast, you won't see this. But if you want to see it on YouTube, that's that little one there. I just show you that that because there's quite a few Lifehouse apps. So Lifehouse International Church, you open it up, you look at the index, um, introduction or big three, and it will start taking you through. But there's a hundred studies there. It's free. And if you go to the bottom, um, actually, it's not the bottom now, but I think it's 15 languages there too. So um, it's a tool. It's free. We're not selling it. It's just there. This is the way you get our tool. And also the other tool we use is we ask people, especially non-Christians, would you like a Bible? And we get we open up version or one of the Bible apps and we put on the Bible in their language on their phone, digital. So now they've got on their phone, they've got our app with the blue book and they've got a Bible. So th- that's what I'd like to say is let's, let's make it simple to get people's tools um, and then we get excited, we can start and... Uh, yeah, we're trying to help as many churches as we can right now. Mm. And maybe even just to add on that, one thing that can kind of stop people is they get stuck on which translation to read or anything like that. Like, So the more that we can help them set that up on their phone, yeah, yeah, the, the better. Yeah, and also help them with their first... One of our things in the Blue Book is my first two months of journaling in the Gospel mm-hmm. of Mark. All it does is break Mark down into the Gospel of Mark into... Sections. Read this section. What is God saying to you? Um, actually, I've done something there on my personal podcast. If people wanted to go and have a look at that at some time as well, it's called the Rodcast, my podcast, and uh, very, very strange title. But anyway, um, you'll find it. And um, just basic journaling through the Gospel of Mark is a great way to get back into Bible reading. Uh, I think. Um, or non-Christians, where do I read? Well, start here in the Gospel of Mark. Why Mark? Because it's just a short book. It's all about Jesus. That's it. Great. Well, maybe we can finish finish there. There's obviously a lot we could talk about with how to implement this. Um, but yeah, just excited at the results that we see in the lives of people. Yeah. It's amazing. We've seen thousands of leaders raised up. And many mm. leave Lifehouse, go somewhere else in the world, and they become leaders in their new church. So yep. we're also, I believe, sowing seeds of leadership as well, which is pretty exciting. And we're reaching into a whole bunch of nations uh, online with this that it's very hard to do evangelism and people are getting saved and discipled in those nations. So I just think you've got to get, got to get excited about this form of discipleship get basic tools and away you go. Fantastic. Well, thanks for your time, Pastor Rod. We'll see you soon. See everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.